morning to you who are joining us online. If you're a guest visiting with us for the first time, my name is Pastor Mike. I'm the pastor here at Lakeway, and we're really glad to have you with us this morning. Make sure you get your mug. I saw Bob out there stacking up mugs, so I'm guessing there's a few people that are here for the first time. So that is absolutely awesome. Let me catch you up. We're in a series called Deeper, and it's all about a deeper walk with, with God, with Jesus, getting deeper in our Bible study, getting deeper in our prayer life, just a deeper, better walk. And over the last two weeks, we've kind of been studying getting deeper into God's Word. So just as a little refresher, two weeks ago, I gave you five teaching points to, to help. You've got to trust it. Can I get the back screen up, please? You've got to trust it. You've got to read it, you've got to study it, you've got to apply it. And if you really want to take it an extra step, you want to teach it. Now, sorry, I didn't ask. Anybody need notes? Any, yeah, a couple over here. It's typically the band. <laughs> While they're up there playing when, you know, and I'm not blaming them. Musicians. Sorry. <laughs> Anybody else? Anyone need notes? It's good to take notes. And then last week, we kind of dove a little bit deeper. We talked about observation. What does it say? Interpretation. What does it mean? Correlation. What other scriptures can help explain a passage of scripture? You use what is clear to help explain what is not clear. And then again, application. How do I apply this teaching to my life? And I talked about big picture, little picture, my picture, big pictures, what's the atmosphere? What's, what's going on on a big scale? Where is this happening? You know, is there an intensity? Is there something going on? Little picture, what is this teaching right here, right now, in this moment? And then my teaching, if I were there, if it's a passage of scripture where Jesus is teaching, I love to insert myself in it. If I were there, what would I get out of it? Well, how, how would Jesus want to impact my life? Now, the last couple of weeks, it's really focused on the um, study, the, the interpretation of Scripture. There's certainly been a little bit of application, but more about the interpretation. And hopefully, you had one of these moments. My wife sent this to me. Why? 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 Oh, Oh, that's why. Um, and you can get any of these messages online. If you go to our website, Lakeway Online, go to our Facebook page, you can listen to them. This morning, I wanted to, to dive even a little bit deeper and focus on action, the application of a passage of Scripture to your life. And to help do that, I want to introduce you to my space pets. These are my space pets. What is a space pet? Well, a space pet is an acronym to help us apply biblical truth to our lives. Now, some of you are familiar with that term. You remember it. It was part of our 40 days in the word that we did six, seven years ago um, that came from Willow Creek. Uh, and let, let's get right into it. So it's an acronym. So you've got on your notes, you can fill these in. 
Is there a sin to confess? Does this scripture speak to me that there's something that's not right in my life? Is there a promise to claim? Is there something in the scripture that says, man, I I want that promise. Is there an attitude that I need to change? Or a command to obey? An example to follow? A prayer to pray? An error to avoid? A truth to believe? And something to thank God for. So I know that's a lot to get down there right there. Now, some of you might be thinking, this is the third week of this. Some of you might be thinking, seriously, Pastor Mike, do you want us to become theologians or something? I don't want to be a theologian. I never wanted to be a theologian. When are you going to let go of this, get deeper in the word stuff? Well, here's, I don't want you to be a theologian. I'm not a theologian. Um, And you don't need to be a theologian. But what we do need, we need to know how to discern truth, how to interpret scripture, and how to apply it to our lives. We need to know that. And that's what these principles are all about. They're tools for you to put in your spiritual toolbox to help you. There is a world of deceit out there. And Satan is the master of liars. And if you do not know how to discern truth, how to apply truth in your life, he is going to fool you because he he appeals to your emotions. He appeals to your reason. He appeals to your intellect sometimes. You know, sometimes some of the reasoning that you hear, wow, yeah, you know, that really makes sense. But it's not biblical. And if you do not have a good foundation in God's truth, if you do not trust God's truth, you will become a victim of his lies and his deception. That's why this stuff is important. And Satan's smart. I mean, all, a good liar always wraps the deceit in a veil of truth. You know, if you go back to that passage in Matthew where Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness. When Satan came to him to tempt him, what did he come to him with? The word of God. He came with the word of God to tempt Jesus. But he applied the word of God in a deceptful way. And Jesus was able to respond back and speak truth into that deception. That's what this is all about. We don't want to be led down the garden path of deceit. Even by those who are well-meaning. I know I've talked to people on my doorstep that have come to tell me about God. And and they're genuine, honest people. And they believe that they have truth. And now, uh, uh, early on in my, my faith walk, when I didn't know anything, I invited the Mormons in. I was open. I thought, okay, let's, let's find out about this God. My first question to them was, what's the difference between what you believe and Christianity? No difference at all. It's exactly the same. I said, okay. If you don't know the truth, it's hard. It's easy to fall for deception. That's why this is important. On the flip side, when you rightly apply God's word to your life, when you rightly discern and interpret it, your life will be better. How do I know that? It's in his word. I read it. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But those plans, that hope, that future only come through the right application of God's word and God's truth. That's why we're taking three weeks on this stuff. And we're God's army, are we not? 
I mean, we're, we're onward Christian soldiers, right? We're, we're God's army, and as Christian soldiers, we are to be armed with God's truth, and we are to impart God's truth and lead others to be Christian soldiers. That's what this is all about. All right, that's my little rant. Back to space bots. Space bots, space pets. Space bots, what is that? Oh, that's a kid's thing. Sin to confess, promise to claim, attitude to change, command to obey, example to follow, prayer to pray, error to avoid, truth to believe, something to thank God for. Now, before we get into it, a disclaimer. If you're looking at a passage of Scripture and you want to live it out, you want to make it active in your life, not all of these things are going to apply to every passage of Scripture. You know, you're looking for a promise and there's no promise in there. So you don't have to use them all every time. You've got your passage of Scripture, look for the ones that apply and ignore the others. Don't worry about it. Now, the best way to learn this stuff, and this is what I've enjoyed about the series for me, is to do it. So we're going to take a passage of Scripture this morning. We're going to apply some of the rules that we've talked about over the last two weeks, and then we're going to do space bots. We're going to look and see what are the applications here. Space bots. I keep saying it, don't I? Space pets. Space pets. It's not an acronym if you actually say it right. Space pets. And the scripture that we're going to take is this one right here. It's been our theme scripture for the year. We haven't talked about it, haven't talked about it for a while, so let's read it through. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11, and 12. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, And you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. So, step one, observation. What does it say? I'm going to do this real quick. If you do the big picture thing, I'd look back to the very beginning of the chapter. Because it says, so we. Who's we? And you'll see that that this, this is actually a letter from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. There's three of them writing this letter, which is kind of unusual in the scriptures. And it's a letter to the church at Thessalonica. Now, some of you know that because you brought your Bible and you can see it. I want to encourage you all, if you don't have it on your phone or on your tablet, bring your Bible. I know I always have the scriptures up here, but bring your Bible. So, and and Paul, Silas, and Timothy have been praying, which is an encouragement, isn't it? Isn't it nice to have someone praying for you? And, and, and to me, it's even doubly good when you receive a letter from someone that tells you they've been praying for you. So that's what this is. It, it, it's an encouragement. And they've been praying that God would empower them to be faithful. Because when we do, it brings honor to both Jesus and to us by the way we live. But before you get too big for your boots, you know, you're getting honor. It brings it back to this is all made possible by the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what it says. Next interpretation. What does it mean? Well, like I say, it's both an encouragement, but it's also an expectation. They're being encouraged to live up to God's calling. But there's an expectation that they will live up to God's calling. 
And to live up to God's calling means that you live faithfully. That's why the word faith is in there. But there's more to it than that. God doesn't want us just to live faithfully. He wants us to live fruitfully. It says, may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. He wants us to live faithfully. He wants us to live fruitfully. And when we live a faithful, fruitful life, honor and glory is given to Jesus. Recognition is given to Jesus. When people, you know, when people see and experience Jesus through his work in our lives, it gives him glory. You know, Al, Al, right there. When Al does something good in obedience to Christ, maybe he helps somebody in need, or he's out there mowing the lawn in this heat. So that the place looks presentable. So that some of you people that have come here for the first time, maybe you drive by and if there's a bunch of weeds and all that, you're kind of like, eh. But he's out there in the heat mowing the lawn so that the place looks good. It might attract someone to come in and, and they can hear God's truth. That has to be Jesus, right? Because you know it's not him. <laughs> I mean, have you met him? It, it has to be Jesus. It has to be Jesus. This is... This is living a life that is worthy of God's call. Or Kevin, he's not here, he's down. Some of you know who Kevin is. He's in the broadcast room down here. Sometimes on, a, on an afternoon when there's no Bible bearer, so there's no AC on, I'll come out here and Kevin's got his head up in the attic. And he's running cables to make sure that the network runs and, and that we have a stream. And, and I'm looking at that and thinking, who does that? It's 105 degrees out there. It's got to be 205 up there. And he's running cables. That has to be Jesus, right? Nobody in their right mind does that. That has to be Jesus. It brings glory to Jesus. That's living a life worthy of God's call. That's, that's what that is. You know, when the fruit of the Spirit is on display, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When the fruit of the Spirit is on display and the gifts of the Spirit are in action through the fruit of the Spirit, then grace and honor are given to Jesus. I love the way Romans 12 says it. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you, you the gift of lead, if God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. When the gifts of the Spirit are administered through the fruit of the Spirit, it is a beautiful thing. We become attractive to people. People that don't know Christ, people that do know Christ. That is living a life worthy of His call. And it brings glory and honor 
to Christ. But it also brings glory and honor to us. Now, how do you feel when someone honors you? How do you feel? Now, how do you think Alf thought when I, when I was talking about him right there? First thing, you kind of, you don't like it, right? I mean, it's like, it makes you uncomfortable. But inside, there's something that's like, wow, thank you. The natural response is thank you, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we've got three F's. The Lord expects us to be faithful. He expects us to be fruitful. And he expects us to be thankful. Well, I've only got three things up there. (laughs) I thought I did it right. Is there something wrong with it? I don't think so. (laughs) Got a little bit of English going on there. It was the Women's World Cup this morning. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about it. (laughs) So he expects us to be faithful, fruitful, and thankful. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. That is faithfulness. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. That is fruitfulness. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our Lord and Jesus Christ. That is thankfulness. All right, space pets. So we've talked about this. How do we apply space pets to this passage of Scripture so that we can apply this passage of Scripture to our lives? All right? Now, up to now, the principles that we've been talking about, we've been asking questions of the text. What's it say? What, it, what does it mean? What was go- Now, we're going to let the text ask us the questions. These are questions for us. And as I go through this, I'm not giving you answers. I'm just throwing out questions because that's what this is all about. So the first space pet, is there a sin to confess? When I look at this passage of scripture, well, maybe. I see Randy saying no. Maybe. You got to, you got to, you got to see, you got to, you, you've got to study it. I mean, for me, you take a passage of scripture and it, I'm not getting through the Bible in a, in a year. Take me a couple of weeks to get through these three verses or two verses. I'm going to study it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to study it. So is there a sin to confess? Well, maybe. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Have I been living a life worthy of his call? It's a question I need to ask myself. Can we go to the next slide, please? Keep going. There we go. All right. So I've put in red for each. So is there a sin? That's not the right one, is it? Uh, it could be. I don't know. I have people do this. I don't have people do this. <laughs> have I been living a life worthy of his call? May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Have I been faithful? Have I been fruitful? So those are questions that I would ask that this scripture ask me. The second one, is there a promise to to claim? Well, he enables us to live a life worthy of his call. Thank you, God. Would you enable me to live this life? He empowers us to bear fruit. 
Go back a slide, please. There, that's this one. He empowers us to bear fruit. He honors us when we do. Just think about that. That that can easily slip by you when you read this scripture. And you will be honored along with him. Who's honoring you? See, I don't care if you honor me. But if Jesus honors me, (laughs) that's a whole different kettle of fish. It's like, wow, thank you. He empowers us to bear fruit and he honors us when we do. And he gives us grace in the process. Is there an attitude to change? Next slide, please. So I like the word enable you to live a life. This is not about doing. This is about living. Live a life is a lifestyle mindset. Maybe I need to change my mind about how I serve Jesus. It's not something I do at church on Sunday morning or at small group or, or when, it, it, you know, when it's convenient for me. The scripture says that you are to live a life worthy of his call. That's an attitude change right there. It's 24-7. Foolish thinking. God is good with me just sitting on the sidelines. No, he's not. When we consider his work as a burden rather than a blessing, that's an attitude that needs to change right there. Is there a command to obey? Next slide, please. Do what your faith prompts you to do. There's a command. And he's going to show you. He expects you to accomplish it, not just think about it, and not just pray about it. You know, when you read a passage of scripture like this, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to to empower you. He's not expecting you to sit on it. He's expecting you to do something with it. It's like, well, we're just going to keep on praying for you for a while, you know, that you can live a life worthy of his call, that he would empower you to, to do all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. So you just hang out there for a bit. And, and you know, when you're ready, when you feel empowered, no, there's a command to obey. He expects us to be fruitful. He expects us to be faithful. Is there an example to follow, a prayer to pray? I tied two together here. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy are praying for this church. Do likewise. There's an example. I need to be praying. I pray this prayer. We've had that up. I put put it back. We took it down when when we did vacation Bible school, and, and I put it back up this morning. I pray this for you all. I pray this for me. I come in here sometimes and I walk around this place praying in amongst the seats. I pray this for us. That he would enable you to live a life worthy of your calling. That he would give you the power so that you can live this life and be fruitful and feel good about it. Do likewise. Is there an error To avoid. Next slide, please. Next slide. Did we miss one? Keep going. Keep going. Oh, maybe did we miss one? Go back. Go back. There was a blank slide. Yeah, you thought the blank slide was a mistake. (laughs) Is there an error to avoid? Yeah. 
What's on the slide? Nothing. There's an error to avoid. Being caught doing nothing. Waiting for a sign from God. Not being proactive. Jesus taught over and over and over. Be ready. Be active. Be at work. Be ready for my return. And I say it all the time. You cannot steer a parked car. God, would you lead me? Would you show me where you want me to go? I'm going to put it in park and sit here and wait for you to steer the car. It doesn't work that way. You have to be in motion in order for God to steer it. And for me, that's, that's just the way that it is. Like in, in this walk with Jesus, pretty much my whole Christian life, I haven't prayed for open doors. A lot of people, God, would you open a door? Would you open a door? I pray for closed doors. If I have half an inclination that God is saying, go this way, I take off. Hey, God, I think this is you. I'm going this way. If it's not you, would you close the door, please? I had a lot of nosebleeds. (laughs) Walking into doors. But God looks at that. And I'm not trying to brag on myself. But if you're moving, he will steer you. He will guide you. Is there an error to avoid? That. Nothing. Is there a truth to believe? It is an honor to do the Lord's work. It's not a chore. It's an honor to do the Lord's work. Don't miss out on the honor. Is there something to thank God for? There's lots to thank God for. It begins and it ends with God. Through his grace, this is all possible. He calls us to service And I I know I preach this a lot. God doesn't need any of us. He's not short of help. Up there, you know, like, I hope they all show up this morning. I don't know what I'm going to do if they don't show up. He doesn't need any one of us. So if God calls you into service, and he does, each and every one of us, he calls us into service not because he needs it, but because we need it. It's what we were created for, to serve the master, to bring glory to his name so that those that don't know him might come to know him because of his activity in our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I love 1 Timothy 1.12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Wow, thank you, God, that you would consider me. That's not me, that's each one of us. Thank you, God, for giving me an eternal purpose. Thank you, God, for giving me that work that lasts into eternity. This is treasure in heaven, eternal hope. So let me close this up here. The question that this passage of Scripture begs to ask, to me, as you go through this space pets thing, the question that it asks is, what are you living for? Are you living for the Lord? Is it 100% in for the Lord? Or are you living for something else and you've got a little bit of Jesus on the side? Jesus says, I don't want you to have a little bit of Jesus on the side. I want you to live for me. 
So we keep on praying, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Are you being faithful? Are you being fruitful? Are you being thankful? A little. A lot. Maybe not. If not, why not? What would it take for you to step it up? To take it to that next level? To me, if I were to pare this down, this is... This is talking about living life at a different level. Kicking it up a notch. That's why this year is a year of living in faith. So we keep on praying for you. Asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. What gets in the way? May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. What is the Holy Spirit prompting you to do? Are you holding back? Maybe you're not even asking the questions of yourself. So here's your homework. Let me step back from this a second. One thing I love about this church. There's a lot of things I love about this church. You are this church. You and I are this church. It's not this building. This is a faithful church. You know, I go to conferences and I go to meetings out at Denton Baptist Association and I sit with other pastors and I listen. And I hear all the time about the 80-20 rule. 20% of the people do all the work. I don't think we have an 80-20 rule at Lakeway. Most of the people I know here serve in some capacity at some time in some way. This is a very faithful church but there's always room for growth isn't there there's always room to take it up to the next level to just pray God what would you have me do I'm doing this and it's not bad but I'm not really living for you it's it's there but I want to live for you Lord I want to be your person Lord I want to be faithful I want to be fruitful Because then I will be thankful. So here's your homework. Go away and consider this passage of scripture. On the other side of your notepad there, I I left a bunch of blanks on the notes. I put that Timothy. So the, the reason these lines are here, here's your homework. Go home, 2 Timothy, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Look at this passage of Scripture about living it higher and ask yourself these questions. I, I threw a bunch out at you, but maybe God is going to lead you to something else. But ask the question. Study it on your own. Bring out your space pets and ask yourself these questions. Do I have a sin to confess? Do I have a promise to claim? Do I have an attitude to change? Is there a command to obey, an example to follow, a prayer to pray, an error to avoid, a truth to believe, something to thank God for? Deal? Oh, I have to have more than that, otherwise we keep going. Deal? All right, there we go. Amen.
Let's pray. Father, I give you thanks. I thank you for the power of your word. We've been looking at studying your word for three weeks, Father, putting tools in our toolbox, how to study it, how to interpret it, how to apply it this morning. And I love this passage of scripture. And I've been praying this passage of scripture, Father, you know that. I've been praying it over these seats. I've been praying it over these people. I've been praying it for me. Father, I pray that you would empower us to live a life worthy of your calling. That you would give us the, the power to accomplish all the good things that your Holy Spirit prompts in us to do. And I pray, Father, that you would give us an urgency that would say we need to begin serving in this manner on this day, today. Not sitting back any longer. Father, may we look to kick it up to the next level so that we can be faithful, fruitful, and thankful. And we thank you, Father, because it all comes from And you have loved us so much to call us into your service. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Before I have Hector come up and do the the announcements, I want to bring one specifically to your attention. Next week, we're having a uh, children's ministry, uh, Explore Kids Way. It's an open house for you to come and see what they do in the hallway down there and to pray about your involvement in that. You know, look at this room. God has been blessing us. More and more people, more and more children. I've been down there. It's scary. (laughs) It's not scary. It's great. The kids are awesome. They are absolutely awesome. And, and, it, and it's changed. You know, it used to be years ago, it was moms and dads. I find a lot of grandparents these days bringing kids. And uh, our grandchildren are, are down there. But it's an invitation for you to come and take a look. So I want you to be open next week and, and go down. We're going to have a, an open house. What is Kids Way all about? What happens here when you're in church? What happens in that hallway? So I'd I'd, I'd love for each and every one of you just to to open up a little bit and just say, you know what, let's go take a look. Maybe this is something I could be part of. And if nothing else, you might go down there and you might look at it and think, nope. But it stirs in your heart. And the example to follow from this scripture, I'm praying for that ministry. I'm praying that God would bring the person in here to help these kids, to help these teachers. How many of you know my daughter, Amy? Many don't know. And I'll tell you why you don't know her. Because she's back there every Sunday with Libby teaching kids. They never come to church. Their church is serving, which is wonderful. Now, they can watch it online later. Do you think they do? (laughs) 
Oh, there's lunch. There's lunch at the open house. Thank you, Kayla. It's immediately following church next Sunday. So put that on your calendar. Look forward to it. And then one last thing I want to share with you. Um, and I know it's going to embarrass them. But Andrew and Robin, where are you? You're over here somewhere, aren't you? It's their last Sunday at Lakeway. They're moving south. They want to go somewhere warm. <laughs> I think God's punishing them for something, but there you go. So give them a hug, shake their hands. They're going to come back and visit us, but this is their last full Sunday at Lakeway.